Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. If you've been with us, you know we've been going through Matthew's Gospel, and I've, I've heard from some of us that, like, we're ready to be done because, <laughs> because it's, you know, it's 28 chapters. I get it. Um, it you know, it's funny just because I'm having a blast, you know, but I get it's like, you know, can we, can we do something else? Can we start? We're almost done. You know, Matthew has 28 chapters. We're in the 22nd chapter right now. What's that? We can't stop now. I'm just saying... We're almost to the, the end times, catastrophic. So you don't want to, we don't want to quit now, right? We've got to okay. keep going. What's that? Oh, born. It was okay. Um, yeah, Bill's right. We're, we're almost into like the crazy apocalyptic end time stuff. So, um, so we'll be done with it in the next six months. I promise. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to, why don't we read this text together? It's a short text, um, but I think it's extreme. What we're going to talk about today is extremely important. Um, so let's, let's read together the short text, uh, just to give a little context. Jesus is verbally duking it out with, um, the religious leaders in the temple, which was the, the, the center of worship in Judaism. The temple is where you went to worship the Lord. And Jesus is acting like a prophet. He's acting like maybe the Messiah. And so uh, these leaders who, are, who have this, uh, these positions of authority and power, um, they're being challenged by Jesus and they are afraid, I think, of him. And so they get, uh, well, let's read it now. And, and Yeah, so let's read it. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Let's pray. So Lord, thank you. For your word, God, we ask that you would speak to us today, um, even if it's inconvenient, um, even if we don't have all the answers, would you show us how to be more like you in the name of Jesus? Amen. 
So, we're talking about love. When Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? My understanding is there's, there's over 600 commands in the Old Testament. Jesus is asked, what's the greatest? He gives them his answer, to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you have, have heard those commands before? Okay, I think every single person in here. Good. Um, so we're talking about love, loving God, loving our neighbor. And it's really important to note that the commands are connected to a context. And the context helps us, helps shed more light on the meaning of these commands. I don't know about you, but the word love is used a lot. And, um, you know, I know I have some friends who, for them, like, what does it mean to love their neighbor? It means to be happy for them, no matter what. Like, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. And uh, for others, love might mean, uh, you know, I'm in love with someone, I'm having that shock to my system, I'm head over heels, uh, you know, and there are others too. So I think it's important that we look at the context of these commandments uh, to help give us maybe a better, more grounded understanding of, of what we're talking about. Um, so the, the context is the story. So the story is the Exodus. How many of you guys are familiar with the Exodus? Everyone, yes! <laughs> well, so uh, here we go. So the Exodus, you guys know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but bear with me. Um, God rescues the Hebrews from slavery. God shows up. He dethrones Pharaoh. He sets the slaves free. He takes them out of Egypt into the desert, moving towards the promised land. So in God showing up and rescuing them, he's actually initiating relationship with his people. And so they become part of the story of God, which is the bigger story of God rescuing the whole world. And so it is in this context that these uh, commands, loving God and loving your neighbor, is set. And God gives his people, the Israelites, a bunch of commands. And essentially, what it meant to love God was to obey the commands. So love equals obedience to God. And there's a lot that we could talk about that we don't have time to today on that. Um, but there's a lot of really great stuff. And so, as the story progresses, how many of you heard of Jesus? <laughs> Everybody, man, I'm just nailing it today. 
Or rather, Scripture is nailing it. Or rather, you're nailing it today. Or it's a win on all sides. Um, so as the story continues, uh, oh, before I get there, so it's important to remember that uh, these commands to love God and to love your neighbor was only in the context of the people of God, meaning the Israelites. So mainly when they talked about loving your neighbor, it was to love your fellow Israelite. Okay? Jesus. The continuing story of God restoring the world. So in the death, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, God has done a new exodus. God has freed the slaves once again, but he's freed the slaves. He's freed us from uh, the slavery to rebellion. What's rebellion? Giving God the finger, saying, thanks but no thanks. I'm master of my own destiny, and I don't need you, and I don't want you. So when I talk about rebellion, that's what I'm talking about. So in Jesus, God has addressed the rebellion, not just of us, but of all humanity. And has freed us from the slavery of the oppression of rebellion. Because we're all prone to it. Right? I want to live uh, life my inclination is to live for myself. I want what I want. I want to buy what I want to buy. Uh, I want this, I want that. Like, it's about me and building my kingdom. That's my natural inclination. But to be a follower of Jesus, to be a part of this new thing, this new exodus, is actually to uh, put that all aside, lay that all down, and say, Jesus, you are king, because on the cross, Jesus dethroned death. Death no longer reigns. We all will die, right? But we won't die in the same way, pre-Jesus. And what I mean is that when we die, we go straight into the presence of God. And one day... The promise is that our bodies will be resurrected and we will live forever with God as heaven and earth collide. You can see this in the book of Revelation, okay? So this is our hope. And Jesus frees us from ourselves. And so, um, so why does this matter? Why does loving God and loving our neighbor matter? Um, I'll try and say this quickly. Love is like, think about it like oxygen. Really? Oh, was that cheesy? Okay. Okay. No, no, no. I, I love cheese. It just, I didn't, it wasn't a premeditated cheese. So, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, but it's still like oxygen. So without it, we die. Um, if, we, if we are not loving God, 
meaning hearing his voice and obeying his commands. And if we are not loving our neighbor, then we're not, put it this way, if we're not growing in love, we're not growing in Christ. You know, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians. The, the metric of spirituality, of like growing in Christ for them, was spiritual gifts, speaking in tongues, prophecy, miracles, which are all incredible things. And Paul says, look, you could be the most spiritual person in the world. You can walk into a room and say, dead guy, wake up. He wakes up. And he says, but if you don't have love, if you're not loving, if you're not growing in love, then it's all noise. It's useless. It's worthless. If we're not growing in love, we're not growing in Christ. Love is the new metric that Jesus has given. He's given us a new command to love one another. Just on a personal note, I love to learn. I'm a learner. I love to learn new things. I love to pour new information into my brain. Uh, I love it. But if that, if, if, if I'm using that as a substitute for growing in love, then I'm missing the whole thing. I'm missing the whole point, the whole purpose. So if you want to know how you're doing in following Jesus, love is the metric. I'll get more specific in a minute. And actually here we're, we're, we're beginning to land. So how do we do this? How do we love God? How do we love our neighbor? Uh, one way is through community groups. There's something I've been really wrestling with in community groups. I'm just being honest here. Um, I've been thinking, what if, what if I stopped thinking about community group as me going to a thing? And I started thinking about it as me committing to human beings. And I think that's important because to be committed to other followers of Jesus, that relationship is the landscape in which we can grow in love. Because if I'm committed to someone in a relationship, then it's going to be great. It's going to be hard. They're going to hurt me. We're going to have to talk about it. I'm called to forgive. That's, that's hard stuff. It's hard stuff. So I've been reflecting on, gosh, what if we committed to each other? And not, because, I mean, seriously, <laughs> who needs, like, if we just think about, you know, a home group as an example of just, like, a thing to go to, like, Honestly, do we really need just another thing to do 
on a Wednesday night? Do we, just, do, we, do we really need just another option? I mean, there's so many things to do in this city. But if you're committing to people, that's different. And I think that's one of the ways that we're going to be able to grow in love. Uh, secondly, and this, there's some overlap here, hearing from God in community and in silence and solitude. Jesus, uh, when you read in the Gospels, he seemed to always uh, be in this rhythm of being with people and then going and being alone to pray. So hearing from God in community with other people and in silence and solitude and then doing what he says. It comes back to the Old Testament thing. How do I love God? Obey his commands. What's he saying? Do what he says. Take the risk. Follow Jesus. And this last one here, Again, there's overlap, but this is another, another huge part of it that I think we need to talk about. Um, loving the stranger. If you, were, if you were here, was it last Sunday, All Worship Sunday? Yeah. Um, or if you weren't here. So before the service, we were praying. And we were just asking God, like, what are you saying? What are you doing? What do you want us to know right now? And one thing that came up was this idea of loving the stranger. And that's something we prayed about uh, corporately last Sunday. And I think it's something that God is highlighting again today. This idea of how do we love the stranger? How do we love someone who uh, is different than us? How do we love those who maybe speak a different language or have a different skin color, come from a different culture? How do we love someone that maybe we have, we don't think at least, we have nothing in common with? Because that's how we choose our friends, right? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I am saying that I think uh, you know, the good, the good Samaritan, that story that Jesus told, he was asked, you know, who's my neighbor? And he expands the vision of the kingdom. Well, it's, it's anybody. And I'm sure you probably already know this, but in that story, the one actually was supposed to hate and revile the other but he helped him instead and therefore loved his neighbor as himself. And Jerry, would you, would you come up here? So, you know, I, in preparation for today, I was praying and thinking like, how does, how does loving God, how does loving our neighbor, like what, what could that look like for us as followers of Jesus Christ and as a community who follows Jesus Christ? 
um, in the here and now. And I started to think about racism and discrimination. And I do think from Scripture, racial reconciliation is a mark of the Holy Spirit working. And it's not something we talk about very much. Um, and so I'm thinking, how, how could loving your neighbor in the way that Jesus defines it, how could that inform us in the here and now in regards to racial reconciliation? And to be honest, I, I didn't feel it appropriate for me as a white-skinned male to speak to this. And so Jerry and I had been talking even before, uh, like leading up to this Sunday. And um, I just asked Jerry, hey, would you, would you give us some of your thoughts, some of your perspective? Because I, it seemed more appropriate to me. And so Jerry's just going to share a little bit and we'll pray. Okay. So I am Jerry Jacobson, and I am not a white-skinned male. <laughs> it's kind of like an Alcoholics Anonymous opening, right? Um, uh, I'm actually Native American and African American, for those of you who didn't know that. So there was a joke at one point. They said, first they stole your land, and they made you work it for free. Ah, well, you don't need to. <laughs> I'll explain it later. Um, so, I do have some background. I, I'd spent a decade uh, working in development at Fox Entertainment. So, that was in film, TV, and cable. Um, shows like 24, where we had um, widely diverse multinational casts and um, also worked with the Wall Street Journal looking at content for papers and, and uh, with journalists and then at the LA Times. So I've been kind of doing this for a while. Um, and it's taken an interesting turn because it was change management at one point, getting people to really understand what the world looked like and to try to serve the community that we're in. So like a, a real marker for um, an organization, especially at that magnitude, is to see if they're really speaking to their communities. And this could be an entire nations. Um, and I, I think that, you know, I was sort of giving an, an assessment from that perspective, and I think that there's a lot of diversity here. If you just look around the room, you see it um, in, in, from, and it's, it's an expanded version of, of what that is. It's not just racial and ethnic um, lines. It's also socioeconomic and, and where people are from, the different types of dialects. Um, and backgrounds, you know, single parent, um, household, or, or what have you. So just a couple of things, very briefly, um, as I thought about this, prayed on it a little bit, and did a little bit of reading. Um, there's the work that's done through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see it, and it's, it's um, as Troy talked about, Jesus expanded what the neighbor was. So if we have this great command to love your neighbor as yourself, um, who is my neighbor? And he very clearly showed it wasn't who they thought it was. He went beyond the, um, 
you know, it was the concept of in Judaism, which was just the Israelites. And he said, it's that guy who was your enemy and the one you used to revile. It's everyone that you come into contact with. And it's not just who you thought it was in the beginning. He really turned it, right? Um, ever the expansionist and ever what they thought is a troublemaker. But if you look at, and we'll look at a scripture before I close that will uh, further sort of demonstrate what that vision is. Um, the other thought was that diversity is a mark of the Holy Spirit. Um, when P Pentecost came, the Spirit fell on people and they spoke in other languages, not just one language. So it was his first m move and action in scripture for all of time was to go and speak in many languages about singing the praises of God and that, the, this, um, that hope had come. If that's the mark of the Holy Spirit, you know, how much more should that be us if we're filled with him? So that's um, another piece of that. So in practical terms, I know that there's a lot of things going on right now, and I'm sort of watching it because I have a political mind, and many of us do, and we can't help but see it in the, in the news where there's different backgrounds of of um, left or right, or people who are in a conservative um, background or a liberal background. And um, so I'm just being mindful of that. There's a whole history of racial, um, also it's, there was some strife. There was a time when churches were segregated. So there's a lot of things that, that um, I think there's reconciliation that Christ has called us to. But for here and today, um, we're thinking of what we can do today. Um, and I think that part of it is the work of the, the Father. So we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and these, the different works that are, that are being done in the Godhead. Um, and I think we can ask God to really just expand our minds, to open our minds to understand who our neighbors are. And that is a work of the Spirit doing that, but we may not know where we have walls. We may not know where we have biases. And it's clear from modern psychology we all have them, even whether it's above or below our consciousness. Um, but just asking him to open up our minds to, to know who our neighbor is and who he wants to love through us here or in, our, in everyday life. And I, I think I was sharing with Troy, I think... This is actually what Jesus prayed on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. Is who is, am I to love right now? He says, I only, see what I, I only do what I see my father doing. Um, I think that's critical to us walking as, first of all, as followers of Christ and being Christians, <laughs> but also um, to be effective here in our community, here at work, and on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. So, um, you know, that comes through his wisdom and revelation, right? When the prayer from Paul is that, you know, the, the spirit of wisdom revelation would help us to, to, to know God, know Jesus. And this is, I think, um, something that we should pray and daily. So is that okay? Yeah. Could, you, could you pray? Sure. So um, I'm from a Baptist tradition. Every eye closed and every head bowed. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's just be simple, right? Um, Father in heaven, 
we come before you as a community of people that believes in your son, in you, and in your power to walk through us and to give us, to, to as you promised us, to lead us to walk in your, in your commands and your statutes. We know that we can't do it on our own. Um, so I ask that you would come with your spirit of wisdom and revelation and that you would open our minds. And I ask that you would speak to us, um, even now as we give you a moment of silence to listen to you, that you would um, help us to understand who our neighbor is. Expand our, our, um, our understanding of that. Expand it, Lord, I pray you would just kick the tent poles out and, and show us what your unlimited nature of um, who you love and how you want us to love. So I ask right now, Lord, that you, by your spirit, would open our minds to, to get your vision and your word on what our neighbor is and who we're supposed to love. And we'll just give it a moment to have him speak to us. <laughs> 